I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform, and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it, and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which, from personal experience, I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Good morning, Prakaptan. Glad you're here with me this morning. Today, we're going to jump into meditation number 38 from book number four. But before we do that, I want to remind you about the Stoic Journaling Program, which you can learn more about at journaling.stoicismpod.com. There's a link in the show notes of this episode to that, and you can go check it out. I won't say more other than this is perhaps the Stoic community you've been looking for, especially if you're interested in the idea of guided journaling. Meditation number 34 from Book 4 reads as follows. Examine men's ruling principles, even those of the wise, what kind of things they avoid and what kind they pursue. You can learn a lot about people by examining how they think. Not literally how they think, no one can see your thoughts or your reason, but we can see the outcomes of how people think and reason, and guess, sometimes well, sometimes less well, why they're behaving the way they are. We should do this with those we perceive to be wise. First, because they may be wrong, and second, because they may actually be wise, and studying them might give us insights. And we should do this also for those we view as not wise, and we should do that for the same exact reasons. What are they choosing to do, and what might we guess about why they're choosing to do it? Perhaps we admire someone. We think that they are wise, and we look at their behavior, and we see that they have decided to delete their social media accounts. We think, why would they do this? I think they're wise. Is this a wise thing that they've done? I wonder what the impact of doing this is. Perhaps I should try this. If this person I consider to be wise is making a choice like this, perhaps that choice is wise. Of course, it's not guaranteed that the choice is wise or not, or that the wisdom of such a choice isn't specific and strictly limited to that one individual. Using myself as an example, I recently quit Twitter. The choice has seemed beneficial. As I now invest the time I've recouped into what I view as more worthwhile and valuable things. So, for me, quitting Twitter seems wise. I also deleted my Facebook. Doing this has forced me to be more intentional in reaching out to my family and be more selective about what so called friends I invest time in staying connected with. As a result, I have fewer superficial relationships. 
and the ones that remain seem more meaningful, more regular, and more real. Was this decision wise? It seems like it was for me, but would it be wise for you? I don't know. Perhaps Twitter and Facebook and other forms of social media are things you leverage exclusively to stay in touch, to manage meaningful relationships, and to support those you love. If you quit these things, that might not be so wise. But if social media, staying with this example, seems more to you like an endless scroll hole that fills you with anxiety and wastes whole hours of your time, then if I were looking at you and observing your behavior and attempting to suss out how you were thinking and how you were reasoning in regards to your use of these things, what would I think? Well, if you were using these things in spite of how they made you feel, I think I would think you weren't thinking much about your behavior, that you were allowing your chaotic mind to run your life, and that you had given up the reins. I would reason that you were not acting wisely. Of course, this is just an example I'm not judging. I quit Twitter and Facebook only a few weeks ago. I became a vegetarian only a couple months ago. I stopped drinking but for a glass of wine or champagne here and there for birthday parties or holiday parties, also just about two months ago. But before two months ago, I was doom-scrolling, drinking too much, eating mindlessly, and if you were watching me, you would have thought, Tanner is not thinking much about his behavior. He is allowing his chaotic mind to run roughshod over his actions and decisions. He does not seem very wise in these regards. And you would have been right. The New Year's Eve episode featured a question from listener Joseph. It was about the difficulty of changing one's behavior because of the fact that doing so changes one's relationships with others. And your life changes dramatically when you go from hanging out with these 10 people over here to those 10 people over there. And change is, and I'm going to swear here, so earmuff your kids if they're in the room, three, two, one, change is fucking hard. I don't mean that the quitting of social media is hard, or that the starting of exercise is hard, or that the changing of how you eat is hard. What I'm suggesting more so, although those things can be hard in and of themselves, what I'm suggesting more so is that it is hard to navigate the new reality that changes such as these will absolutely plop you into the middle of without warning when you make those changes. Change in the early stages is like choosing to feel like an incompetent idiot who is failing everything, all the time, at every turn, and in every direction. And who the heck wants to feel that way about anything for any length of time? We have spent our whole lives learning to navigate a really unjust, unvirtuous existence, and we've got friends who like us and people who understand us and plenty of relationships in this existence we've spent our entire lives crafting up till now. But when we look at that life, after considering the behavior of those we do and do not consider to be wise, and we find that it is lacking in wisdom and we want to change— we're confronted with a terrifying proposition that the life we've built up to now is comfortable and that it's well-worn as the reliable track we run on every day. And this new thing, this change, well, I can't even see a track over there. I just see really dark woods and overgrown paths or overgrown areas where I think there might be paths, and I don't know what's waiting for me in there. I'm scared. The unknown is scary. I don't care how tough you are. When you decide to upset your entire life, 
even when it's for good reason, your first few steps are into an unfamiliar landscape that looks to you as a cubist painting created by a madman on lithium. But look to others. Look to the wise and the unwise and see how they behave, and see that they've wandered into those surreal landscapes and either benefited greatly by doing so or didn't. Then reason within yourself which new landscapes are worth venturing into for you, which changes seem to be ones worthy of your risking your time, energy, and efforts. But don't be too careful in that reasoning, because if you over-reason, you may reason yourself out of making any choice at all, and then you'll stay exactly the same as you are right now. If you find yourself in that situation, return to the thing that caused you to think about changing in the first place. Is it still there? Does it still negatively impact your life? Then turn back from it and back into the overgrown woods. Things may get ugly in there, but chances are you'll discover a better way of being. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Practical Stoicism. I hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. It would mean a lot to me if you're enjoying this show if you would review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. And if you'd like to get rid of ads, you can do so at stoicism.supercast.com for just $6 a month. I appreciate the support. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, take care. Take care.